just left for me. <laughs> That's what I'll always think of when I see the title of this movie. I is that what it, it is called? Rock of Ages. Well, yeah. Okay, but it doesn't have that song in it. No, no. <laughs> Not about Jesus Christ and His blood. <clears throat> I can tell you that right now. Um, but neither of us have seen this. Correct. This is a movie that I don't think many people saw. To be no. Honest. When I saw like commercials for it, I was like, "This looks freaking stupid." Awesome. <laughs> so let's watch it. So let's watch it. <laughs> You're gonna love it. Um, well, somebody had to watch it, right? Um, and I was up for the task. Okay, so what do you think it's about, based on what you've seen or what you know of the movie? So I guess when we decided that this was the movie we were gonna do, I went and watched the trailer, but this was like a couple months ago. Okay, and from what I remember, Julianne Huff is in it. Yes, and it looks like. Like High School Musical meets like rock and roll or something, meets but like a, mixed with adults, <laughs> mixed with like Footloose and Zoolander. <laughs> That's a pretty <laughs> specific reference, but well, I can like, totally see like that. it looks like like with Zoolander, like everything's like exaggerated and like oh yeah, like get, outrageous yeah. and ridiculous. And yeah, like that's what I feel like this seems like. But it it does definitely have like a. I mean, I haven't watched it yet. I watched the trailer, but it has like a. Footloosey vibe to it, which which she was in Footloose. Yes, the she remake. was. Um, right? Yeah, she was. Yeah, I never saw that either. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> um, it is kind of shocking. I feel like Julianne Huff had like a string of movies in like the early 2010s, like the beginning of this decade, right. that probably should have made her a star, and nothing ever happened with her career. Probably like she just they were never like dumb movies. Yeah, but they were like perfect for her because she can dance and sing. I guess what? Yeah, no. I was trying to think if there was another, was there another movie where she was like, it was like a rom-com? Wasn't she in a Nicholas Sparks movie? I thought she was in a movie with Josh Duhamel. Am I like completely making that up? I don't know. We'll have to look it up. We'll have to look <laughs> it up. <laughs> so it's clear that like Tom Cruise in this movie plays like. Like a Nikki mm-hmm. Sticks kind of. Yeah, the rock star. Like he's Wait, is Nikki Sticks a girl? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Sticks like the band, Nikki. That's a rock star, dude. I don't know anything about rock I music, which is why this is gonna be so funny. Like I don't know any, <laughs> I don't know anything about anything that has anything to do with rock music. Um, but I think like Tom Cruise play, plays like the big rock star that they're like trying to become. Yeah, like, or and like maybe like he's either like in the prime of his career or he's aging out. Yeah, like washed up and is like trying to make a comeback. I don't know. Because yeah. this was only seven years ago, so it's not like Tom yeah. Cruise was young. Nope. Um, I know he has his shirt off in this movie at some point. Yeah, that's on the poster. Oh. Yeah. He has his shirt off in a lot of his movies. <laughs> that's true. He just um, likes that. So, and I think that Julian Huff and probably somebody else are, like, aspiring musicians. Yes. That somehow get connected with him or something. Maybe it's, like, cats and they're trying to <laughs> make their debut. <laughs> They each come out and have a song about themselves. Right. Oh my gosh. Uh, um, but I think too, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the storyline. It's based off of. It's an actual musical. Did you know that? No. It was an actual stage musical that they then turned into a movie called Rock of Ages. Right. So, <clears throat> it. I mean, it was like enough. Like it sold enough tickets on stage to become a movie. 
but so did cats. That's accurate. That is, <laughs> and that is bombing. I think we might discover that there are many shows that should not be adapted for the screen. Right. Um, although this Broadway. one, yeah, this one's probably better than cats. We'll just have to wait and see. I guess there's only one way to find out. We gotta watch it. Yep. Rock of Ages. <laughs> Clap for me. is about to become a sea of sweat, ear-shattering music, and puke. Jimmy, I've told you 10,000 times, girls drink free, dudes pay full freight. They are dudes. That stage is a pedestal, and when you're up there, you're untouchable. I can guarantee you something a lot more cool. Fame. This man spews out three things. Sex. I saw Stacey Jacks. out of control. We're gonna shut them down. Our whole existence is riding on Stacy Jacks. Rock and roll! We're not gonna tell this city. No, we ain't gonna tell this city. We're not gonna take it. And we're I've got my microphone. <laughs> I've got my microphone. Got my Rock and roll. <laughs> um, first of all, I want to apologize that I made you watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> because it's certainly an experience. It's horrific. Yeah. And awkward. Was, yeah. There are in a lot so of many ways. Yeah. Um, welcome to episode nine of the Booze Cruise podcast. Rock of Ages. <laughs> Can you even say it with a straight face? Um, and my guest today is my one and only favorite baby sister. That's me. Catherine Ross. <laughs> and we kind of figured a couple weeks ago we were texting each other and we were like, this might be confusing because your voices, our voices sound very similar. <laughs> your multiple voices. Uh, my Jessica multiple voices. All the voices that similar. I do. Catherine also does. Um, yes. We're kind of voice twins. And we kind of like feed off of each other and like mimic also like the weird voices that we do. Yeah, but I literally was like, we're going to be like sitting here doing the podcast and people aren't going to be able to tell who's talking, if it's me or if it's you. Maybe I should just do a British accent the whole time. <laughs> In honor of rock and roll. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Uh, Catherine's British. <laughs> Is she? She sounded like it on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Um, all right, we'll get more into the movie here in a second. Our drink for the episode is called The Golden God. <laughs> um, and I'm calling it a rocktail. Nice. Instead of a cocktail. Nice. 
Um, and it was something I found online that was inspired by the movie. So there's some famous rock artist that said something about being a golden god. I don't know. So they named the, the drink after him. But it's one ounce of bourbon, two dashes of organic agave nectar. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what a dash is. So I just <laughs> poured some in there. <laughs> just a little dash of it. A little dash. I'm like, I don't know what the measurement for a dash is, but whatever. Well, it's um, not like salt where you like. Right, it's liquid. It's, yeah. So, like, what's a? Da- I get a dash of salt, but okay. like, I think you can figure out what a dash <clears throat> is. It was fine. It tasted fine. <clears throat> um, two ounces of pineapple juice, and then you top off the rest with cream soda. It was actually pretty good. It was probably one of my more favorite cocktails that we've done on the podcast so far. Yeah, that was pretty good. But I'm also a really big fan of cream soda, so I think that was. It was pretty tasty. And it was mostly cream soda. Yeah. So. <laughs> kind of hard to go wrong with that. And I was like, I don't really like bourbon. Um, and I was like, all right, well, you may not like this cocktail. But it didn't, it, everything kind of masked the bourbon. Yeah. You, I Bourbon has a very distinct taste and I could like barely taste it. So perfect. Yeah. It was good. Um, <clears throat> the director of Rock of Ages is Adam Shankman, who also directed Hairspray. Okay, I, which yeah, is one of your you, you like hairspray? I do. You kind they, of I watched it because you watched it. They like hairspray's way better, <laughs> but they were like very similar in like the way like they were shot. Yeah, and the singing and the yeah dancing and stuff like that. Like it was a very similar. I don't know. I don't know all the film words like you do. Oh, you know well, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same style. Like, yes. stylistically, it was the same. Yes, there you go. Um, this is a really fun fact. I'm not even into trivia yet, but one of the writers of this movie was Justin Thoreau. Do you know who that is? Uh, he was married to Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Yes. He's a writer on this movie. Like, he's one of the writers. I literally know nothing about him except that he was married to Jennifer Aniston <laughs> for, like, well, he's, I mean, he's, an a- he's an actor. I didn't know he was a writer, but apparently he, like, adapted. Like I said it before, it was, it's a musical. It was on right. stage, so the, but they had to adapt it for screen, and apparently Justin Theroux did that, which is weird, and then he's not even in the movie. Which he or prob- is he? Or is he? <laughs> is Justin Thoreau playing Tom Cruise, playing <laughs> Stacey Jacks? He did a phenomenal job. The role of a lifetime. Um, then the tagline for the movie <clears throat> is, nothing but a good time. It ain't nothing but a good time. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of us singing. <laughs> singing all the 80s songs. Um, so the Rotten Tomato score, 42% tomato meter. So that's the critic's. Um, and I feel that's like pretty high. That's, that's pretty generous. generous. I know. Yeah. Um, and then a fifty-five percent audience score. Not much difference there. Yeah. Also feels very generous. Although I feel like probably there's people who liked the musical and who like the music. It's a great soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. It's good music for sure. But, but it's just like the story as a movie. It's just weird. No. And it's I was trying to figure out like as I was watching it, I'm like, oh, I wonder how they did this on stage. Like how it was like. Yeah, I was like, oh, they were probably it on probably this side. Better as a play <clears throat> or as probably. a musical. No, I, a stage musical. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. Um, the budget was seventy-five million dollars, and it only oh my made. Gosh. Yeah. Well, think about how many. Well, literally, all 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 of my notes are just like so and so is in this, right? So and so is in this. Like it's just like and it, the list clearly goes they had on. To pay them. <laughs> I know. So seventy-five million dollars, but the box office only made sixty million dollars. Yikes. Yeah. So it didn't recoup all of it. It was a huge flop. It's like cats all over again. But I'm like, just gonna keep bringing cats. <laughs> cats is worse. Cats is way worse. Like the box office and everything. Like this was actually like I haven't seen cats yet, but I. Uh, 
would imagine that it's not as good as this movie, which is saying something for real. Um, okay, so let's dive in. Give me like a short summary of the plot for this movie. Okay, so it starts with Julianne Huff's character, Sherry, Sherry who is on a bus traveling somewhere, clearly, and is looking at all of these. <laughs> She's in a bus. It's not moving. <laughs> She's just sitting there. A bus to nowhere. Um, and she's like flipping through these rock albums that she has. And I, ca- I can't remember if she starts singing before or after she looks at the picture of her and her grandmother who it's says after. like. Okay. And fun fact, that's a, her <clears throat> real grandma. That is an oh, actual picture of her and her grandmother. Sweet. Yes. Um, but it like says on the back like something to the extent of. You got of, this. Like, I believe in you. Go make your dreams come true. Um, Love, Grandma. Right. And then Julianne Huff, Sherry, breaks out into song. And then everyone else on the bus starts singing. I'm like, oh, okay. So this is how this is going to go. It's a movie musical. (laughs) Everybody knows the words to the songs and all the dance moves. Right. So she's traveling somewhere. She gets off the bus. I'm going to have to look at my notes so I remember all of this in order. Um, but everyone on the bus starts singing. It is High School Musical. <laughs> <laughs> um, the movie is set in 1987 in Hollywood. Um, and so she gets off the bus in Hollywood, and clearly she's there to like try and make it in singing. And she is coming from Oklahoma, and she gets robbed on the street by some guy who steals her suitcase which we find out has all of the albums that she was looking at apparently that's the only thing she right. brought she doesn't have clothes toiletries like, i have 17 dollars to my name and a bunch of albums and but now the albums are gone yeah um and then it cuts to this guy whose name is drew who's also singing in this place called the bourbon room yeah i guess it's like a club it's supposed it's modeled after another famous club that has alcohol in the name, but I can't remember the name of it now. It's like the whiskey something. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I write was it down. not born in the eighties, nor do I know anything about rock Fun music. Fact, hardly. This movie is set the year that I was born. Yes. So, so you also I'm, don't know anything. about Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not proud of it now that I've watched this movie. That this is what has come right. of the year that I was born. But whatever, it's fine. So he's working at the Bourbon Room, also singing like clearly giving off a vibe of like I'm trying to. To make it in the rock yeah, world. Like he's a bar back, but he wants to be a singer. Right. Yeah. Um, so he watch he witnesses her get mugged. Right. Which I'm thinking he's gonna go try and get her back. He doesn't even go for the bag. He just like runs over to her. And, and I'm like, like, Yeah, dude, go after the guy yeah, that like, ran away with you're, the freaking You're no help. She's like, Thanks. <laughs> I think. I don't know, you didn't really do anything. We just met and now we're in love. Yeah. And so she like explains to him that she is a singer. And that's why she's there. But she says, I need a job. And so he gets her a job at the bourbon room, which cue Alec Baldwin. In I <laughs> most surprising <laughs> casting of of forever. Right. How did they talk him into this movie? Because not only is he in it, he sings. He sings. He's got like long hair and a leather vest and And like spoiler alert but he like falls in love with russell brand which is like the most unbelievable thing of this whole movie that was real none of that makes any sense yeah it was 
Yeah, it was a but strange so, plot point. Yeah, but Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, he's um, the owner. is the owner of the bar, the bourbon, the bourbon room. room, where Drew works. And Sherry's like, I need a job. And Drew's <clears throat> like, I think I can get you a job at the bourbon room. Right. So they basically just go, don't tell her. Just yeah, don't, don't tell him you're a singer. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I guess everybody that works there is just trying to make it in the rock music world. And so he, Alec Baldwin, like, basically pegs her down immediately and was like i know who you are like i know you're a singer blah blah blah. but he's he saying in the get... church choir you were the lead that your third year of high school in the right. sound of music you left your jock boyfriend to come out and she's like um, he actually wasn't <laughs> that athletic yeah uh-huh um but he ends up giving her a job anyways there was this movie was so long i'm like oh my gosh we're just at the beginning and i'm like trying to think of i mean i wrote down what happens so here we go um so she starts working at the bourbon room yes so now she and drew are working together and they're forming a bond a relationship right. yes and then it cuts to brian cranston who is mayor mike whitmore which is another one that i was like brian cranston is in this right and he's married to Catherine zeta jones and i wrote Catherine zeta jones is in this <laughs> <laughs> but they are like they his like political stand is that he's wanting to he's quote running, clean up yeah he's LA. running for mayor right he already is mayor isn't he or is he running for it I mean it looks like election like campaign signs but I don't know they never actually I think he may maybe he's running for re-election he might maybe. be the mayor but is running for re-election they but never really clarify that right so like the big thing is that he's like wanting to clean up L A by like getting rid of like rock and roll music because it's destroyed the city and there's like multiple scenes where there's all these women who are like riding and have picket signs that it's like evil evil rock singers go to hell yeah clearly like a religious group right yeah because she said she calls them the church ladies um she has a musical number set to pat benatar's hit me with your best shot in a sanctuary and it is the weirdest choreography it's so bizarre it is weird. But you have to, I wrote down, I was like, the hit me with your best shot choreography is so weird, but you have to hand it to Catherine Zeta-Jones. She really gives she, it 110%. She sells it for sure. <laughs> she yeah. committed. She did. So the way that they're like going to quote, cut off the head of the snake, they said is by taking out the bourbon room, which then. Cause cue, it's like the bar. Yeah. Like where like all of this, all the rock music like stems from. When we and find then, out early in the movie, too, that they have a concert coming up for the band Arsenal. Yes. It's their last concert. As, a, as a band together. As a band. And their lead singer is Stacey Jacks. Which, Nikki Six, Which I said sticks before. And it's six. Clearly, I know nothing. But I'm like, Stacey Jacks, Nikki Six. Yeah. Is very, so, like, and similar. he's going solo after this, is what they're saying. <clears throat> and right. that is Tom Cruise's character. Right. Which, cue him. The first time... Ugh. First time we meet him, he's under a pile of women. Yeah, literally, literally. literally. That's not that's <laughs> not a metaphor. There's a pile of women on top of yes, him. Yes, like they walk. They show his manager walking into his dressing room. To which I said, Paul Giamatti is in this, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like jungle themed and it's like real weird. He has a monkey whose whose name is Hey Man. Yeah, Hey Man, Hey Man. No, that's the monkey's name. Yeah. Yes. And so he said, no, that's the line in the movie. He's like, hey, man. And he goes, no, that's the monkey's I name. I literally never caught that, but I did figure out that that was the monkey's <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yes, he comes up and he's like shirtless and has all these tattoos and has like super long 
disgusting gross hair. hair and he's just he's just gross in general yeah. throughout the entire movie he has a really weird role for him continue super we'll, weird role for him we'll talk about that after you're done with your yes so um so he Catherine Zeta Jones and other church ladies singing <laughs> and dancing to hit me with your best shot <laughs> Yeah, so that ends, and then basically Drew and Sherry are going to go on their first date yes. together. And so there's a whole musical montage, of course, of them getting ready. Singing. Which I was like, is this the first musical ever where a song starts while someone is peeing in the bathroom? Yeah, that was real because weird. He's I was a- like, is he peeing? <laughs> is he peeing right now? <laughs> oh, he is. It's like, um, why? And why? I got like really crazy grease vibes when they were getting ready for their date. So like she has her hair all like poofed yeah. and like hair sprayed up and she's got a black top on. And then I was like, and that's crazy because years later she was Sandy in the live grease show on Fox. There you go. She had some practice I a know. few years before. Julianne Huff's done a lot. I just realized that when I was watching this movie. I was like, she's done a lot, but she's not still ju- just Julianne Huff from Dancing with the Stars. I feel like I don't think oh. she's like, yeah, I feel like you would have to know that that's where she began though. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. She just hasn't broken out of that mold. But neither yeah. is Derek. I just think they'll always be tied to that show. I mean, yeah. They sing and they dance. That's what they do. Yeah. So their date is up <clears throat> behind the Hollywood sign. Right. Which I wrote, can you really stand behind the Hollywood sign like that? Are there like thing? I've never done that. But I don't. Yeah. With like the little stairs. Yeah. Like platforms I feel like in, and stuff. I feel like in a lot of movies they show the characters like up by the Hollywood sign. But I've never seen it like that. Yeah, I don't know if you can do that in real life. But anyways, it's a cute date. And he's like, basically, like, his idea for the date is like, he was like, um, I'm really, I have stage, I have stage fright. fright. And she's like, you just got to breathe in and out a couple times. and that, Which is, does not help. I don't, that's not. I, it may work for some people. Just, <sighs> oh, yeah, I'm not calm, scared anymore. Calm yourself down. I guess. But anyway, so he was like, well, I'll have to like, sing, I'll have to like, you'll have to teach me how to not be scared on stage. And that's our right. first date. So he's like takes her up there and they kiss they kiss of course course, while they're singing then he goes to play a song for her and it's don't stop believing so weird which i'm like is he in journey (laughs) i yeah so i was like so are we supposed to believe that this guy wrote don't stop believing like is that like the and i don't think they do because he started he started off he said i i started this song last night after we first met And she's yeah. from, I, I already said she's from Oklahoma, yeah. didn't I? Yeah. And she's Just a small town girl. And you're like, we were like, wait, what? Living in a lonely world. But the weird thing about this movie is some rock bands and rock stars exist and some don't. Right. Yes. And it's just like this weird, like. Which they mentioned. Journey doesn't exist because clearly he, I mean, if he wrote it, like it's not, and he's not in Journey, so it's like, yeah. But they do talk about Aerosmith, which the I wrote down in my notes, like the intro. I was like, intro makes me think of Aerosmith and Rock and Roller Coaster. Oh, see, I wrote, I literally wrote at the end of this, I was like, if Guitar Hero exploded yes! all over a movie, yes! that is what this would be. In the end credits, I was like, ooh, this is very Guitar Hero-y vibe. It's like the font is very Guitar Hero, yeah, yeah, like yeah. everything. But even at the beginning, I was like, the opening reminds me of Guitar Hero. And then literally, it's there just if Guitar Hero threw up into a movie, that <laughs> is what this movie would be. And that's why it stinks. Yeah, it's just whatever. And I wrote, on their date up at the Hollywood sign, I was like, lots of denim. Yes. There was a lot of denim and going leather. on. And leather, which I guess is the 80s. Yep. Thank well, God no. we didn't have to live through that. Nope. You were just a baby. I was just a, a baby. Um, 
Oh, so. and then and then it, that's followed up with like a classic we're dating now montage of them like yeah roller Doing skating and yeah. drinking slushies and like just weird stuff. <laughs> you're like okay, welcome. It's just you're, you're it was, an item, right? So then it moves into like the Arsenal show is about to happen at the Bourbon Room and the opening act like doesn't show up. I don't know what had happened. Oh yeah, something happened. They couldn't come. Yeah. And so Stace or Sherry, Sherry. <laughs> good grief. Sherry talks Dennis, who is Alec Baldwin's character, into letting Drew He's open for them. Drew and his band. Yes. Who all also work at yes. the Bourbon Room. <laughs> That's a great scene where he's like, call your band and tell them to be here. And he just like puts the phone down. He's guys. like, guys, we're going on tonight. <laughs> he's like, does anybody work here? He's like, does he's anybody like, in the bar be in the bar business yeah. anymore? It's so funny. Um <laughs> I wrote Stacy wears a lot of leather, long hair, tattoos, shirtless, big fur coat, and has a monkey. <laughs> And sunglasses. Yes. That's pretty, and a cowboy hat. Yes. But like, where's a bandana underneath of it? Yeah. Yeah. Which was like, it gave me, oh, who does that? Is it Kid Rock? Yeah. I think it is Kid Rock. Yeah. That's his style. Um, Then, so Stacy shows up for the show, and um, you said her name's Malin Ackerman. Yeah, I actually wrote. So we talk about the monkey a little bit, but like when he shows up to the bourbon room, I said, I said he has an actual monkey named Hey Man. He holds its hand (laughs) as they're walking. Reaches out like you'd hold out for like a lady's hand, and like walks with them. Yes, it's so weird. Oh my gosh! Oh, and then Catherine had a great. I don't somewhere in the middle of because I am starting to lose track of where exactly we are. Oh my gosh! But. Julian Huff's character, Sherry, goes, she's like, um, I'm going to take my break. And then she just goes out in the alley and sings. <laughs> and Catherine said, my break consisted of me going out in the back alley and belting. <laughs> and that's it. And then she goes back in. She's like, I'm ready to work. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Like, aren't you hungry? Do you want something to drink? Nothing? Okay. <laughs> Bathroom break, something. Yeah, something. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So before the concert starts at the, at, um, the Bourbon Room, there is Malin Ackerman's character, yes. which do we Constance? I think yes, is her okay, name. yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, she works for Rolling Stones and comes in to interview him, and just kind of like Stacy Jack is Jacks is being like a huge jerk, like for the interview, and she kind of just like asks him these very pointed questions and kind of like roasts him in a sense. And it's just like basically like you used to be somebody you used to try hard and you wrote right. good music and now you're just like a has been yeah like you and you're like a total jerk yeah and like <clears throat> who really are you like who is Stacy Jacks like are you afraid that you can't break out of this persona which then launched into him singing Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi Dead or Alive it's a great song though I'm a cowboy <laughs> um. <laughs> To which I wrote, Tom Cruise has a decent voice, which has, I'm sure I said he can sing, but they clearly auto-tuned the crap out of him. Oh, They've yeah. auto-tuned the crap out of everyone in this movie. Right. And but it's Julie, like, Julian Huff does actually have a really good voice. Oh, I actually wrote that. I was like, um, I said, I didn't know Julian Huff could sing this well. Rockstar? No, but she has a good voice. I mean, she had like a tiny music career. I know, but it was country. It's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. Which speak. Yeah. That's what, like at the beginning of the movie. She's like dressed very country and like has her cowboy boots and i was like oh, yeah. i thought she was like trying to get into the rock world i'm like 
Well, I said, of course, Julian is the country bumpkin who moved to L.A. to become <laughs> famous with her little red country outfit bumpkin. on and her denim jacket. It was cute. It I just know. wasn't very rock and roll. Um, so, yeah, he sings that Dead or Alive, and it's like, you're like, okay, at first it's cringy because it's just it's Tom Cruise singing, and you right. just don't expect it, and you're just like, Ugh, like you're just bracing yourself. And then you're like, oh, it's not that bad. Well, like, you feel like the bar is low, right? Because <laughs> like, you're, you're thinking like, Tom Cruise can he even sing and then when you're like oh he can carry a tune it's like you know whatever but the way he carries his body in this movie made me deeply uncomfortable uncomfortable. it's like he's like sticking his stomach out and like constantly he's like a thick muscle in this movie like he's like that in every that's how his body is built but he doesn't normally carry his body that way yeah I no no like I was just like thinking about like the way he was like built like he was definitely like muscular well because in but rogue, he's like thick in rogue nation mission impossible rogue nation like he's stuck he's like they capture him and then he's like chained up to that pole and he has he doesn't have a shirt on right and they're like punching him and all this stuff and i remember when i watched that movie i was like wow he's really like wide, wide. Yeah. yeah but I, so i think that's just his body but like he doesn't normally have he his shirt i off. wish you guys could i would definitely do the way <laughs> walk the way that he <laughs> carries his body <laughs> But you can't see it. You're going to have to. But it's so. I'll do a boomerang. I'll put it on the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it's so oh my gosh. uncomfortable. He's like. Yeah. And then I wrote during that whole number two. Like I don't understand the fascination with rock stars. They're gross. Like why are yeah. people attracted to them? I don't it's get. The fame. But like you could be attracted and to success. anybody else who's famous. Like why the gross person who doesn't shower and is drunk all the time or i I guess i'm just really not attracted to to the rebels no but and i said and i did say same as Catherine zeta jones is like just like any other role he commits 110 percent, and you gotta give him that yeah it was real weird watching him like do like the concert and like the way he moved around and stuff i'm like this is so weird for tom cruise yeah it's really bizarre but so he ends up singing yeah, while well, like he's like singing "Dead or Alive," while he's like, like walking around in the in the club, but like it had it hasn't started yet. Well, it's weird. It like cuts to him like at an actual concert performing yeah. the song, so it's like him like thinking back yeah. on his career. Yeah, and then it like ends with him back in the bourbon room with like nobody in there except Julian Huff, Sherry, Sherry, who starts belting it out with him, and he's like intrigued. Yes, and so so he- what does he do? <laughs> He comes over to introduce himself to her, and he's like, "Hi, I'm Stacy," which that's a girl's name, and but sh- with two E's, it's S T A C E. I know, I get it. Stacy Jack. He, she just goes, "When my hamster died, your music really got me through it," which I'm like, can totally relate. Saying something dumb to a celebrity that you like love. Because I Kat- did. Because Catherine <laughs> or I didn't say anything. We real quick <laughs> sidebar. Aside, really quick sidebar. In two thousand five, we went out to LA. Which how old was I? Like thirteen? Two thousand five. What year is it? Twenty nineteen. Fourteen years ago. Yeah, it'd thirteen. Be, be much easier for you to do it from your birth year on. Nah, you no. weirdo. I got it. I, mean, I got 13. it. She was thirteen. Which who's not going through their awkward phase at thirteen? Which true, true, true. In your defense, your awkward phase was much less awkward than mine. It's also. You gotta think about who it was. You, we tell the story. Well, it's not even like my. Okay, I have to preface it with like Catherine got her hair colored right before she left too. She was like all excited. She's thirteen. She's like, I'm gonna get my hair highlighted, and then it was not. Good. Oh, it was terrible. It was so bad. And I got these chunky yellow highlights with my brown hair. They were like hair. orange. They weren't even like. 
It was bad. It was bad. So then we went to a couple movie premieres. I believe I've talked about the Batman Begins premiere with Dad when yes. he on his podcast. Hey buddy. Hey buddy. But that same trip, we went to the Mr. and Mrs. Smith premiere. Brad Pitt. With Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. And they actually shut the street down for this one. So they like came over and like talked to us. And um, Angelina jo- Jolie came down and she was like, Stunning. Stunning. Although her head's like a little big for her body. But I don't remember that. I just remember her leather dress and I was like, dang, girl. She's very actually petite. Like her frame I mean, is very. Her, yeah. Well, just her shoulders are very small. Like you would think yeah. like Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, like big shoulders. Yeah. And she's really not. She's muscular, but she's not built. Like she doesn't have a big frame. Right. Anyways, we don't care about her. Anyways, we don't. So then oh, then Brad Pitt gets out of his limo and we're like, Ooh, oh my gosh, he had Brad his Pitt. platinum blonde hair and at this we point were, in time. And we were like, ew, why? No. Um, no. It doesn't matter. It really hot. didn't matter. No. So he's like coming down the line. He's like talking. They were very different. So this was like before they were together and they, they were, were together, like, they, they were denying together, together. that they were together. Yeah. So they didn't show up together. And Brad gets out of the limo <laughs> and then he's walking and I'm freaking out. Like I just turned into this like hole, which he was, he was a lot more energetic than Angelina. Angel- Angelina was like very calm and like, like the woman next to us had like a bag of stuff for her, like a huge Angelina fan. And she was so gracious to her. She was like, she stood there and talked to her and she took it and immediately handed it to her bodyguard. Right. But, like, but like sat there and had a conversation yeah. with her and thanked her and was like very genuine, which I thought was nice. Yes. And then Brad was like all full of energy, like bouncing around, like yelling at people and like, Hey, like, you know, just like having a good time. And he was like maybe three feet from us. And I'm like, Brad, <laughs> Brad. <laughs> I turned, <laughs> I turned, <laughs> Hi, it's me. I turned around to mom. I was like, I don't know why he's, I'm yelling. He's right there. Like, it was like, for some reason you felt like, oh my you, gosh, like he was going to leave the line like right. right before he got to you, which is so dumb. And so he comes down to us and, um, signing autographs, signing autographs. And he looked at Catherine and he goes, how you hey, doing, sweetheart? <laughs> hey, sweetheart. He goes, no, he said, how you doing? Oh, yeah. How you doing, sweetheart? And she just stood there with her mouth hanging open and didn't say <laughs> anything. <laughs> At what all. You, what you, Jessica's like, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said, we're fine. Thanks for asking. Like such a weirdo. Like I was 17 at the time. Oh my um, gosh. And what, do you, what do you say to gorgeous Brad Pitt who just called you I don't sweetheart? know, but you can't not say nothing. You got to say something. Like, she just was like, Ugh. And I was like, so I always like to tease her. I'm like, remember when you were 13 and awkward and didn't respond to Brad Pitt? Remember when you were 17 and awkward and said, we're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that was a fun. How did we get on that? I have no idea. I was just thinking that. I don't know. Anyways, back to the movie. Oh, no, because Julianne Huff's character is like, oh, when my 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 hamster hamster died, which is like. Basically, I feel like that's what you said in your head. It was something like that in your head that you <laughs> right. didn't say out loud. You're like, oh, uh, that but was that was me being like, "We're fine, thank you." And then he signed my shirt, and I still have it. Yes, he signed my pad, sleeve. my little pad of paper from the hotel that I took. Did you keep that? <laughs> I think so. I think I have it because Angelina Jolie signed. I don't have Angelina Jolie's signature, but you do. They signed both of you. Like you had both of them. Hmm. I'll have to go look for that somewhere. <clears throat> Anyways, if you do take a picture and I'll put it on the podcast, yes, social yes, media, yes. even though it has nothing to do with this movie. No, it does not. Um, um, so after she says that, they're having a conversation. And what does Tom Cruise do? Puts his hand on her boob. He does this multiple times multiple in the movie. Women. Yeah. But it's, he says, you have a perky heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
literally what he does. He pauses, and I'm like, "Come on, dude!" I forgot what you. I forgot what I he said because I knew I wasn't gonna I remember. I thought that your brain short circuited just now. I was heart. But then he said it. I remembered. Um, it's so uncomfortable. But I he's that. so gross. He's really gross in this movie. But I put Tom Cruise puts his hand on Julian Huff's boob. We both gasped. <laughs> 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 he literally does it to like four different women in the movie though um, it's terrible and then so it's the opening night of the concert so there's the religious ladies group that's protesting the concert all the fans are waiting outside and then i wrote will forte is in this <laughs> because will forte plays a news reporter that is there covering everything I love will forte. and i'm like he reminded me so much of his character in baby mama in this movie like i was just like dying who is he in He's Tina Fey's ex-boyfriend. Isn't that him? Remember he's like, this is Jean. Like he meets her at the, he's so handsome. And she's like, where? Uh, okay. And it's he coming has, back to me. Yes. Like he has a mustache in that movie, but he also has a mustache in this right. movie. And I think that that's what movie. But he's he also so like, handsome. just the way his voice is like, he's so handsome. <laughs> where? Yeah. yeah. I think so great. that now. And then I also wrote that the monkey spanks a girl's butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really weird movie, you guys. It's so weird. So like, that's when. So now the whole weird scene between Mal and Ackerman and Tom Cruise happens. To which I wrote, Mal and Ackerman can sing. I have a lot of questions in yes. this one. But she like goes in and basically like goes back into his dressing room and like basically like calls him out and is like your manager is going to wreck your career. Like he's calling all the shots and he tells his manager to get out and like basically he tells everybody to clear the room. Right. Except her. Yeah. And like basically tells her like, I'm trapped, like trapped by this rock and roll he persona. Says, I'm trapped by rock and roll. No, that's yes. what he says. He actually says that. And then they like, strip down their clothes and dance and sing to i want to know what love is which ruins the song it is a deeply uncomfortable not what love is no it's the opposite (laughs) of that right it should be i want to know what lust is because that's what it was (laughs) i put Um, tom cruise as a rock star is so weird (laughs) well i think i wrote somewhere in my notes where i was like he's actually I, i don't know i kind of like went back and forth between him being believable in that character and being really not believable in the character yeah because he just doesn't even have the rock star look about him like he's not even like even with all the stuff it's like you're still tom cruise like yeah you're still tom cruise playing a rock star you're still justin thoreau playing tom cruise (laughs) playing stacy jacks (laughs) we can see through you because almost like justin thoreau would have been better because he's kind of gross like sometimes he can be really gross like (laughs) kind of gross well he played um he was the villain in charlie's angels full throttle the second charlie's angels and he's really gross in that movie. Like, he would have been a really good rock I think star. I saw that. Yeah. We should have. I watched it a bajillion Probably. times in high school. Yes. Um, but I was, like, dying laughing. Catherine and I's faces during the scene <laughs> with Mal and Ackerman, like, we both would look at each other and we we're like, Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, it was really, it was very aggressive and gross and weird. Yeah. And then she leaves. Well, she freaks out because then he says, at the end, he's like, that has to be off the record because she's a reporter. Right. And then she's like, oh, crap, I came here to do my job. I'm such a, you know, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So she doesn't put her clothes on. Yeah. She just like grabs. She just grabs her clothes and leaves the room. And the whole band. She still has her undergarments on. 
but yeah, still but still like she, the whole band and like the manager and everything are yeah, standing outside standing the right room there. and it's like just put your clothes on yeah um and then he had from earlier had asked julianne huff to go into his limo to get a bottle of alcohol so yes. she's bringing it in there as she's leaving yes and i don't think it's an accident that Malin Ackerman and Julian Huff look a lot alike. Yeah, they both have like the blonde hair and blue eyes. Yeah. Same face shape. Yeah. All that jazz. Um and all that jazz. So Drew and his band are about to go out to open for that's another Chicago <laughs> that's another Catherine Zeta Jones <laughs> musical movie. And all that jazz. Um but so Drew's about to open for Stacey Jacks, him and his band. Right. When Julian Huff walks in with the alcohol, she drops it. And I said, there are a lot of um, really expensive bottles of alcohol that are just shattered on the ground in this movie. Yes. It happens multiple times. Yes. Um, and as somebody who's had to buy liquor for this podcast, <laughs> it hurts me deep down inside. <laughs> Do you know how much it costs? Do you know? I was like the old lady in the... So she's leaving his like dressing green room, room, dressing room, whatever, yeah. when Drew looks over and sees her leaving and... As Stacy comes out with her, he's like buttoning up his pants, but it's her shirt's like disheveled because he like accidentally like knocked it off her shoulder. Yeah, and she's like, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that" or something. And he's like, "It like could have been misconstrued for like they yeah. just slept together." Yeah. So then Drew freaks out. Yep, he's pissed. He's pissed. He goes out there, gives a performance of a lifetime, and Paul Giamatti, Stacy Jax's manager. Yes tries to sign him like he's like yes. you're good you should be in the industry yes but but after he gets off like <coughs> the stage and everything sherry julian huff's character like comes and is like, like oh my gosh you're yeah. amazing and he like is like screw you like like gives her the cold shoulder and basically he's like i'm out here celebrating can you get away from me that's not what he sounds like i don't know why i did that voice <laughs> <laughs> and he basically like tells her like there's a hundred other girls like you out there in the world and they were all looking at me tonight and she smacks him across the Ooh, face it was a good smack to which too. jessica said you go girl <laughs> you go girl because he was being so rude and he didn't have he, he like, didn't explain at all no, why he knew he, like one percent of the story that had happened yeah and i'm like it's very arrogant so then she runs off and quits the bourbon room and so does drew and then he comes back to Paul Giamatti's character and is like, hey, I'm in. Yeah. And then there's a sad song montage of Julianne Huff just walking in the pouring rain yes. and getting soaked, which I thought crying. mom would die. Yes. Mom hates getting wet for and no reason. While she's crying in the rain, then pops in Mary, Mary J. J. Blige. To which I wrote, <laughs> Mary J. Blige is in this. Which that whole because people weird. keep popping out of the woodwork yeah. in this movie. You're like, who? They're in this. It gets really weird because Mary J. Blige runs a strip club. Yes, called the Venus Club, <laughs> <laughs> and she like brings her in and is like, "I'll give you a job, but you need to dance." And she's and like, "I can waitress." Yeah, she's or she like, goes, "I'm really a better singer," and she's like, "I don't need singers, honey." Right. And she's like, "Well, I'll be a waitress then." So then she's working there. And then we have this whole scene between Alec Baldwin and Russell Brand's characters where they sing together and express feelings Which for one another. I wrote Alec Baldwin singing in this movie reminds me so much of Pierce Brosnan singing in the Mamma Mia movies. Have you seen either of the Mamma Mia movies? I don't think I have. Oh, it's so uncomfortable because you're like Pierce Brosnan, you are James Bond. Right. And get you it are together, man. <laughs> have some self respect. <laughs> 
and he's like not a good singer like right. pierce brazen like even when they auto-tuned them you're just like Ugh. still not good no it's bad and like alec baldwin's like maybe a step above pierce brazen but it's pretty close yeah it's just like all right jack donahue why are you singing <laughs> i think it's jack donahue oh. <laughs> whatever i watched the season through or the series through once jack donaghy i know well, that's the is thing that's it? so confused it is you i would think know better the thing that's confusing to me is like this was only seven years ago like alec baldwin had a very established career he did not need to do this yeah, movie you didn't have to stoop this low yeah it's so weird so that that whole thing was weird so then they're together russell brand and alec baldwin are together whatever. which is the most unbelievable part of the whole movie yes and then there's like Drew is like has signed with this record company with with or no, he signed with Paul Giamatti as his manager, they're and they're trying like to get a record label. Yeah, and he's like going around to all these different record labels, and like nobody really likes his style, or like they're like well, all they're like, like rock, rock is, is dead. dead. Yeah, so they're like pop is in, so they turn him into like a boy group. Right. The Z guys. Guys. <laughs> double double E double Z. Double the funk or something like that. What Double is it? the something, yeah. Flavor? Double the flavor. Is that what it is? Yeah. Which makes no Clearly sense. Clearly I don't what? care. <laughs> double E, double Z. Double I, double A. Double E, double Z. So he's in a pop group. He's selling out. Like it's just dumb. It's like, it's almost like New Kids on the Block kind of is like the type of band the boy band that yeah but in. not as good as new kids on the block oh no but like that 80s pop yeah boy band yeah i we forgot an important detail after the arsenal show they're like super stoked because they made a lot of money at the bourbon room and then paul giamatti comes in and is like hey i need all of like the money you made tonight and Alec Baldwin's character is like, you told me like he's gonna do this for free, and he's like, he doesn't take a dump for free, is what <laughs> Did he I says. Miss this scene, I don't remember this scene. They, yeah, he took all the money. I mean, I figured it out later when they said that he took all the money, but I forgot. Maybe I you were zoning I missed, out. Maybe I was writing something else down. It's yeah, probably me making fun of Alec Baldwin singing or right. something. And so they're super upset because and they're in trouble because they're not they haven't paid taxes. Right. They're they're in the hole. Yeah. And so that's an important part. Yeah. Because then the um Rolling Stones article comes out. Yes. And Stacy comes to Paul Giamatti's office and has like completely trashed his office. He, hey man has completely <laughs> trashed <monkey>. it. <laughs> And is like throwing stuff, and Stacy is basically like, "I can't believe." In so many words, he just throws the article at him. He's like, "Page sixty-eight, second paragraph. Read it, read it." And so he reads it, and it basically like reveals in the article that they took all the money, right? But he, he didn't know that. Stacy Jackson didn't know that, right? It didn't come to him, even though Paul Giamatti was like, "It's right. for him," and so he's mad. He fires paul yeah which is also his character in the movie his character's name is also paul which is funny is it paul gill oh it is yeah that's nice <laughs> <laughs> didn't remember that so then and and paul had called alec baldwin's character yes. and was like because 
Drew was really annoyed that they were shooting a music video, and he's like, we haven't even had a gig yet. And he's right. like, I'll get you a gig. I'll get you a gig tonight. So he calls the Dennis at room. the bourbon room, and he's like, um, I have basically make up for what he did with the right. money. He's like, um, Stacy Jacks is going to come do his first gig, his solo, first solo gig, yeah, at the Bourbon Room, and w- you'll get to keep everything, right? So but he's it, like, stoked. but in reality, he didn't even tell Stacy right. it wasn't going to do that. He was just going to let the boy band, the Z come guys, on. <laughs> right. to come on and do their gig or whatever. So that's right. that, and um, so. Stacy. Stacy calls Rolling Stone. Yes. The magazine. Like late at night and is like, Can I find can I talk to Cinderella? And he's like, sit the guy's like on he's like, um, first of all, Rolling Stone is closed and like who the heck is Cinderella? And he obviously we find out he's talking about Constance. Right. And he tells like, him that she's at the bourbon, bourbon room, room to cover Stacy Jax's first solo before he was like, I have a gig. <laughs> he's like, Are, Are you, you Stacy Jax? <laughs> And then he <laughs> drops the phone and heads for the bourbon room. Which that guy, what is the name of that actor? He's in a bunch of stuff. He's always like the funny like side guy. I forget his name. The guy that was at Rolling Stone? Yeah. And I he, have no idea who that was. He's really funny. He's, I'll have to look him up because he's hilarious. But he he's like, some funny things. like the phone drops and he's like, well, I don't feel like I'm going to get murdered tonight now. <laughs> like it's the, like the weirdest phone conversation ever. Yeah. Because he was clearly like, Stacey Jacks was like clearly like drunk or yeah. something. I mean, he was just a weird, he's just a weird yeah, dude. A weird guy. So weird, weird guy. We flash over to the bourbon room. There's uh Russell Brand's character is like hyping everybody up for Stacy Jacks. The religious ladies are on the other side still protesting with Catherine Zeta-Jones. With Catherine which, Zeta-Jones. Which prior in the movie, she had told her husband, Brian, Brian Cranston, Cranston, that like the reason she wanted to crush Stacy Jacks is because when she was like in college or something like that, she had a roommate who basically like had a one night stand with Stacy Jacks and then like left and like it tore her up. Yeah. Which you're like, she's not talking about her friend. She's talking about herself. Yeah. At least I've picked up on that. Yeah. Cause it was just like way too personal. Like right. Everything and you could about see like in her like... face that she was like very yeah emotional <laughs> about it. And Brian Cranston's cheating on her with his, like, secretary or yeah, something. Which so I don't know why that was in there, but I whatever. know, it's so dumb. But, like, so cuts flash to forward. them. Flash forwards to them at the bourbon room. They're on opposite sides of the street, the rock and rollers and the protesters. And then Russell Brand y- goes, we built this city. Like, he yells it. And I was like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> we built this city. And then they start launching into the, but it's a mashup of... We built the city and we're not going to take it. And it's we're not going to take it. Which is a pretty good mashup. I actually it was really good. They have some good mashups in this movie. The yes. soundtrack is great. The movie okay. sucks. <laughs> but the soundtrack, I mean, because it's just, the, it's Guitar yes, Hero yes. exploded on the movie. <laughs> yes. Um, so then they songs. go through a whole like mashup, whatever thing. And right. um, that's when it's discovered. He finds an old album. album and the first the, album. Yeah, the first album they recorded, that Arsenal, Stacey Jackson's band, recorded at the Bourbon Room. Right. And you open it up, and there's like a collage of all these pictures, and Catherine Zeta-Jones' character is like right next to... Stacey Jackson. Stacey. But he like... Calls is that before or after he shows up? It's after. Oh. It has to be after. No, I think it's before... <laughs> No, it's after because it explains why he knew her. So yeah. Stacy Jacks comes, uh, he comes rolling up on his motorcycle 
and he walks directly over to Catherine Zeta-Jones, Patricia Whitmore's, her character. Patty. And what does he do? Puts his hand on her boob. And what does he say? (laughs) You say it. Patty, your tits have held up well. (laughs) I'm like, come on. You're such a skis bag. And she's just like melting. Yeah. Like she's like, her tongue is out. She's like, make out with me right now. And you're like, oh, that's so awkward. (laughs) Oh, it's terrible. It's really, really awkward. And so then Russell Brand comes out with the album. They all, they put it all together that she knew him from before. Right. That it wasn't her roommate. It was her. That she's like a hypocrite. Right. And, um, they, Stacey Jacks, cause he's looking for Constance. That's the whole reason he's there. He's not right. even there to perform. No. He's just there looking for Constance and he spots her from across the room and then some random woman starts making out with him and it's like the longest shot of him just That's making terrible. out with a woman and being like, hold on, hold on. Like I'll be there I'm in like, a second. Push which her like, off. Yeah. You're disgusting. And then he and Constance, I keep wanting to say Constance Wu, which is <laughs> not her name. Not her. Um, Although she was a stripper in a movie this year. It's a whole big thing. But um, they make out. But it is like all tongue. And it's really gross and disgusting. And they take it back to the dressing room. And stuff's happening. And in the bathroom. I thought they were in his dressing room. No, they were in the bathroom. Remember one of the stalls bust open? And there's like a man sitting on the stall. Ah. Um, And in the meantime, Drew's boy band is flopping hardcore on stage. Because nobody's there to see pop. Hold on. What? But before this... Drew finds he goes to this music store the records that they are in at the beginning of the movie right and he sees Sherry's name on all of these records and realizes heart Sherry yes um which both Catherine and I were like, did she just walk in there and write, <laughs> write her <on> name? <laughs> write her name on a bunch of albums? Like, ooh, I like this one. And then I realized, oh no, they're her albums that she lost. They got sold back. Like somebody yes. stole it and then they sold them to the record yes. store. And so, so he, he buys, buys them yeah. and drops them off at the strip club for her. In a bag from Tower Records. Yes. And, and it says on it, it says, um, some things... Some things aren't lost forever. They can still be found. Don't stop believing. And you're like, oh my god. And I'm gosh. like, oh no, here oh, we go. Oh brother. And so she shows up at the bourbon room because he's performing that night. She knows right. that he is. Yes. And while he's on stage bombing, right. it's terrible. she shows up with them in her hands and she just mouths like, thank you to him. And then he runs off stage. And he runs off stage. And in the middle like, of the performance. Yeah. And he's like, just kisses her and he's like. I love you. Uh, I don't know if I he says that. <laughs> I love you. I don't think he says that. Um, and everybody's freaking out because he's ruining the performance. But really, it's like it's terrible. People Nobody are throwing stuff anyways. at him. So yeah. then they she, kick them off stage. Yeah. The the Z gay guys. <laughs> there was an emphasis on that. That's how they were. Supposed yeah, to we're say not it. saying it weird. That is how they were actually saying yes. it in the movie. And so then, and so Sherry runs up on stage yes. and basically starts singing, "Don't stop, believing. don't stop believing." The song that he wrote for her. Yes, about the two of them. So then he gets up, and they're doing a duet, and Stacy hears it from the bathroom and is like, "Cause he had said before in the movie, like I'm looking for that one song that like the next big hit. Yeah, that like makes you. Did he say like makes you want to live forever or something? Like yes." That? Yeah. Which is what he says in Interview with a Vampire. Very bizarre. Ooh. I know. Not the song, but like the whole idea of living yes. forever. So they're singing that song and it like flashes forward to 
arsenal, Stacy Jackson's band together again so and performing Stacey's, Don't Stop yes. Believing. So like obviously in a huge stadium in LA. Right. So like obviously he's purchased the rights to the song. And so they're singing it and then he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to bring up on stage the guy who wrote this song, Wolfgang Von, Von Colt. Colt, which which was his rock name, which is so dumb. Stupid name. And so he and Sherry come up and finish out the song. And basically. finish the song. Well, they all sing it together. Yeah, Mary J. Blige is in the audience. She's singing Alec Baldwin it. and Russell Prander in the They're audience. They're there. Catherine Zeta-Jones comes in in disguise. Yes, she's there. Because I was like, who is that? And Catherine's like, I think it's Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> and they go back and I was like, oh yeah, that is her. Because she, she has her hair pulled back weird and like With a hat, and on, a hat and on and, and sunglasses. sunglasses. Yeah. yeah, so it's hard to tell. Um, And that's how the movie ends. And then roll <laughs> credits. And we both just sat there like, what? What? It was very weird. It was such a weird movie. Um, I'm trying to think of some other notes that I didn't. We didn't really talk about. Oh, there's a really weird. This is just me being weird. But in the opening scene, when the bus is like driving through LA that she's on, that Julian mm-hmm. Huff's on, there's a concert venue that they pass, and up on the marquee it says Eartha Kit. Yes, I noticed that too. And I was like, Isma. That's who voices Isma. I know that, but was Eartha Kit? She was a singer in the '80s. Apparently. I thought it would have been earlier than that. I mean, I think she got really popular in like the 50s, but maybe she was still performing. But I liked that. Um, I still can't. I still can't understand why Alec Baldwin did this movie. <laughs> I just can't. Like, And then another weird thing. So when um, Sherry and Drew go to the record store the first time when he's like on his break and they after she gets her job at the bourbon room, every album has a row of like or every like on the racks like there's a row of albums and everyone had a sign above it that said nine dollars and 44 cents everything was nine everything was nine dollars and i'm like if it's all nine dollars and 44 cents can't you just say that somewhere do you have to put a sale sign at the top of it was like obnoxious um paul giamatti the manager has a giant man purse for his giant phone that he holds and it's super (laughs) weird and i don't know why has like a cul-de-sac with a ponytail it's pretty gross it's really nasty um let's see here i really think we maybe covered everything i i really put down and why did tom cruise want to do this movie it's so weird maybe he just wanted to do something different but it was. i think he always tries to like challenge himself and do different stuff but i'm like so weird but i don't know that this was the route to go it's actually weird i think when he was like performing as stacy jacks he was believable but not when he was acting but not when he was like just being the character like yeah. behind the scenes and i don't know what about i don't know why I, can, I can't explain that but like when he was singing and performing i was like oh i get it he's like a rock star and then when he was like in the like dressing room and stuff and i'm like you just don't fit this character and you're a good yeah. actor it's not that it's just like just your a weird role for him your look doesn't scream rock star even though they tried so hard to like make him look yeah. that way um yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I think we covered all of my notes. Do you have other notes that you didn't talk about? Um, oh, this, really. is, this is something I wrote that we didn't cover. <laughs> um, I said Tom Cruise is just weird enough that this role kind of works for him. <laughs> and I think that's what I was talking about, like the performance. He, looks right. he gets those crazy eyes when he was performing. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't know of any other actor that could pull that <laughs> off. But I wrote that and because I, I looked it up in the movie. He broke up with or he and Katie Holmes broke up. The year this movie came out. Oh. And while they were filming or when it came out? No, it came, this movie came out in June. 
and they were divorced in August. And do mm. you think that this was the final straw? <laughs> She's like, I'm, I can't do this anymore. The, this <laughs> is like, just dumb. I've seen the movie and I can't do this I, anymore. Because it's, um, I wouldn't want to be married to somebody that did this. That. Two O brothers and an E gad. E gad. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh Chris. brother. Oh brother. Dijon. <laughs> <laughs> That's an SNL callback for those of you who don't watch SNL. Um yeah, Aunt I think Linda, that, isn't that her name? Aunt Linda, yeah, yeah, yeah. Barb. <laughs> um <laughs> it's not the same character, but it feels like it is. Um, so do you have any other notes? Or you said you pretty much I pretty much covered it all said everything <clears throat> a lot of mine was plot points because i felt like there was a lot going on there and not a, much going on yeah, at the same time there's a like you could have boiled it down into like a three sentence thing but you would have missed a lot of stuff right and it would have been a really short podcast most of my stuff was just like oh this is weird Ooh, i don't like this yeah literally though half of my notes are so and so is in this <laughs> so and so is in this right so and so can sing <laughs> Um, okay, so I have some trivia. Okay. So this is a fun, I might have to edit this out. Tom Cruise based his performance mostly on Jim Morrison and Axl Rose. (laughs) (laughs) You can't say that. I knew you were going to laugh the second I said it. You can't say that. I know I can't, but I want to. Nah. I'm just going to say that we have a family connection to Axl Rose, and no. that's it. That's all I'm going to say. I can't say anything further. I'm not allowed. Say that. I'm saying it. Oh my um, gosh. Tom Cruise rehearsed for five hours every day to get his voice ready for his rock performances. He took voice lessons for four and a half months, and his routine included push-ups and ab work. It showed. Yeah. He and I really, I was kind of, I was more, I'm not impressed with his singing voice, but I was like... He did it for five hours a day for four and a half months. Yeah. You better be able to sing at least a little bit better. I know. It's weird because like, do you remember in the episode with Fran, the first episode where she was like, oh, when he lip syncs, it makes me really uncomfortable. And he does it in Jerry Maguire and yep. then he sings in Top Gun. And then I think in the episode with dad at Top Gun, I was like, it's like Tom Cruise wanted to be a rock star. So he just throws maybe stuff in there. Maybe that's why he did this. But I'm feeling like maybe this is like his... Hey, I actually get to sing, and it's not as weird because I'm supposed to because be Because I'm a rock star. <laughs> but I honestly feel like there's something in him that he was just like, I need to sing. Who knows, man? I don't know. Um, So the hit me with your best shot number. Hit me with your best shot. Hit me with your best shot. <laughs> there, there are a lot of songs that we... Only know a few words to, but we sang them. That's right. When they came That's what I wrote in my notes. It's like me and Catherine singing along to the songs. Um, so they hit me with your best shot number, which was Catherine Zeta-Jones and the religious ladies in a church, um, uses the choreography from the ending of Michael Jackson's Beat It music video. Oh, I bet you Matt would have been able to recognize that. Well, maybe you'll have to show Matt just yes. that one scene. <laughs> make, make him feel really weird. Right. Church ladies dancing to Michael Jackson. Um, While singing... Pet Minotaur. Yeah. Um, um, so the guy who originated the role of Drew in the Broadway production is in the movie, but he plays that record executive that stands up and sings. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. was the original Drew on Broadway. Gotcha. Um, and he actually was nominated for a Tony Award 
for his performance in the Broadway musical. That's true. So it's kind of weird that they didn't let him play, but he looked kind of older, so maybe it was just like an age thing. He could have um, been Alec Baldwin's character, but that was so weird. <laughs> it was really weird. Um, the scene set under the Hollywood sign was actually shot on a garbage dump landfill in Pompano Beach, Florida. Were he singing for her? I think so, yeah. That's funny. I know. Um, first ever musical for Tom Cruise. <laughs> Probably <laughs> <And> last. last. <laughs> yeah. Don't think he's going to do that again. Um, Watch him sing in one of the, the seven or eight in Mission Impossible. Oh my gosh, I'll die. <laughs> um, so this is really funny for how much crap we've been giving Alec Baldwin for being in this movie. Alec Baldwin disowned the film, calling it, quote, a horrible movie <laughs> and stated that the only reason he did it was to work with Tom Cruise. What the heck? Well, uh, it is really bad, Alec Baldwin, but you made the choice to be in right. it. So you got to own that crap. <laughs> and then he ended up being in Mission Impossible 5 and 6 with him anyways. Oh, yeah, because he's what's-his-face. Yeah, the director. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you could have just sidestepped all of this. But maybe that was his end to get into those movies. I doubt it, but maybe. I don't know. This is your audition. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Singing. you were great. Um, both Anne Hathaway and Amy Adams were offered the role of Constance, which is Malin Ackerman. Yes. But both declined due to conflicting schedules for separate superhero movies. Do you know which superhero movies those were? Um, Amy Adams was in Superman. Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway. Batman. Yeah. Look at Dark me. Knight Rises. Yeah, those are much better roles for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. But I cannot picture either of them in that role. No, it's kind of weird. And then neither of them look like Julian Huff, so if that was the... Yeah. I don't know. Um, it eventually went to Malin Ackerman, obviously, who was also in a super superhero movie herself, Watchmen. Oh, you which didn't see that. You've never no. seen that. I've never seen it. Um, despite failing to recoup its $75 million budget, it had the seventh best opening of a musical. <laughs> Which really doesn't bode well for movie musicals. <laughs> yeah. Seventh best? Yeah. Um, I don't know, but this was but 2012, so I don't, there's been a lot that have come out since then, so I don't know That's if true. it's... You know, like Into the Woods and... I wonder if it'll Mama do better Mia. than Cats. <laughs> no. It did do better than Cats. It already has done <laughs> phenomenally better than Cats. Um, Diego Bonetta, who played Drew... Drew. Do you know him from something else? No, but I looked him up on IMDb because he looked familiar. Oh, did you recognize him from any of his other stuff? When I saw his name, I was like, oh, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Never mind. I don't <laughs> so know who it that can't is. can't be him. Um, he learned to play guitar for the movie, okay. which is impressive. Nice. I always, I think it's impressive. Yep. Um, Taylor Swift was considered to play Sherry. Yuck. That no. would have been weird, right? Julianne she Huff was kind of perfect casting for that. Yeah, she hasn't the right amount of spunk. Yeah. Taylor Swift, it's like, it's Taylor Swift. Yeah, it would be like, <laughs> like too obvious. Yeah. Um, and she just like, I mean, Taylor Swift is great. But like when she just like is sassy sometimes, I'm like, Taylor. And if she had been in this, would she have been able to do Cats? <laughs> <laughs> I already did one failed musical. <laughs> How many times can we mention Cats in this podcast? <laughs> um. So Def Leppard coincidentally happened to be touring in America at the time of the film shooting and were able to be present on the day that Tom Cruise filmed his interpretation of their song, Pour Some Sugar on Me. Pour some sugar on me in the name of love. Isn't that, aren't those the words? <laughs> I don't know, but I just love 
I'm I just know. Try. Pour some sugar on me. Um, I feel like if they I were, were there, Tom, for yeah, it, like I feel like if I'd I, I like, were Tom Cruise, don't watch yeah. me. Can you please leave? I don't know what <laughs> the heck I'm here? doing. And they're not even using my vocals from this. Like it's gonna be something I recorded in and the studio. And you only sang it for like five seconds in the movie. Well, I'm sure they recorded the whole like performance and then they cut it up like they needed to. Um, this is hilarious. Will Ferrell and Steve Carell <laughs> were both considered to play Dennis. Oh, that would have been, Will Ferrell would have been better for sure. <laughs> oh, 1000 Than Steve Carell. And Will Ferrell. Because Steve Carell's small, smallish man. We, Will, 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 Will Ferrell is tall and I feel like I could picture him being his character um in the cowbell sketch oh yeah yeah yeah. like real gross with the beard yeah. and the curly hair <laughs> um but do you know what's funny is that you know will ferrell can sing because of what other movie musical he was in do you remember you've probably never movie, seen it movie musical mm-hmm. give me a clue matthew broderick the producers yes look at me i am so impressed Thank and you, you probably haven't even seen that movie nope yeah he sings in i know movie. nathan lane's in it he or is he on the broadway yeah. show or is he they in the both, movie too they both were okay they did both yeah will ferrell's in the producers yeah and he sings he has a song that's funny i know so he would have been he good sings in, in other movies too like but like elf but <laughs> but funny yeah more funny singing but he clearly has a better voice than alec baldwin right this is my favorite fact of the whole movie and I just desperately wish that it were true. Well, you said it was a fact. It's not I know. true. Well, it's true, but like I wish it was. So I guess I'm saying I wish it was untrue. Not true. Gloria Estefan was considered for the role of Patricia Whitmore, which was Catherine Zeta-Jones's right. character. She was so heavily favored for the part that she even substituted for Catherine Zeta-Jones at some of the table readings when Zeta Jones was unavailable. So that almost was Gloria Stefan. Nah. Which no, it would have been Mm-mm. perfect because she was an icon of the eighties. So it would have been like an homage to yeah. like But I feel like Catherine Zeta Jones like she Zeta fit Jones, this role. She did and she would have act she acted it better than Gloria Stefan would. Well Gloria Stefan's not an actress. I know, but she ugh, but it's Gloria Stefan. You know I love her. I know, but this was a terrible movie. Did you want her to be in a terrible movie? <laughs> yeah, because she's not gonna have that many opportunities to be in movies. That's true. Um she could do better though. So Chris DiRenzio, I think is how you say it, was the original book writer of the stage musical. Um, and he admitted to having been disappointed by the movie. Who wasn't? Right. Um, citing, we were. <laughs> citing unnecessary story changes and poor casting. Hmm. Um, I don't know what the original story is for the, for the stage musical and how it was changed. But I would be interested to know yeah. that. I should have looked that up. You should have. Yeah. Well. You didn't research this well enough. Here I am <laughs> having not looked it up. <laughs> um, we'll look it up. Uh when Sherry and Drew are in the record store, a copy of the original Footloose soundtrack can be seen. Julian Huff starred in the remake of Footloose in 2011. So the year before that, she was in Footloose. They were only a year apart. <clears throat> yeah. Interesting. Um, she was into all of the singing and dancing movies I that were coming out. Really? This fact made me laugh really hard. Uh, the title Rock of Ages refers here to the generations of people who like rock music, but is also a play on Rock of Ages, an extremely popular 18th century hymn <laughs> written by Reverend Augustus Montague Toplady. Yep. I knew that. You did? Uh, I'm Yes. I'm married to a pastor. 
Yeah, but that's weird that you know that. Um, in the song, the rock is a natural formation which shelters a man during a storm and is seen as a metaphor of God the Father protecting his children. And then the end of the fact says, it's also the name of a Def Leppard song. So I was like, <laughs> Thank really? You. you thought maybe it was an homage to an 18th century hymn and not an homage to the Def Leppard song of the same name? <laughs> right. I don't think it has anything to do with the hymn. <laughs> which, which, yeah. So this is a fun fact. Patricia Whitmore leads a religious group called Ladies Organization to Stop Evil Rock Singers. And the acronym for that spells out losers. Oh, nice. <laughs> Which I they was like, I, you said it too quickly. I'm not putting that together. They definitely don't like clue you into that in the movie. But no, that's kind of funny. I don't think they even use that name. No, but they? I think it's on like a sign or something. Right. Um, losers 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 and then that all my other facts i've shared and then the film takes place in 1987 which was the year i was born so there you go i'm not proud of it <laughs> this movie made me not, not proud of it. it so it's fine but all right on a scale of one to ten what would you give it a three i was gonna go three or four yeah because at least the musical performances were like entertaining and but the movie's just trash it is trash just but it's kind of one of those movies that you're like that's like a bad accident like you can't look away right like it was funny we had a good time watching it we did we I, sang I don't think it was supposed to be funny <laughs> i don't know i, mean, I feel the, like the, there some parts were yeah like it's supposed to be like a parody a little bit of itself but like it ugh. wasn't it wasn't zoolander-ish as i yeah thought it might be because Zoolander's like supposed to be funny. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's like a comedy. This is definitely right. not. It's definitely not like a hardcore drama, but it's not like a comedy either. Right. Yeah. I would say a three or four to ten. It might be. I'm trying to decide if it's the weirdest Tom Cruise performance I've seen so far. And I'm going to go with yes. Even weirder than Interview with a Vampire? Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot weirder. You could see him in that role more so. Well, that one just had, like, a lot of, like, meaty acting to it, which you're like, okay, that's Tom Cruise. Like, he's an actor. And this one was just like, what? What are you doing, man? Yeah, like, what are you doing? What were you thinking? Like, maybe he was distressed. I really do think, though, it's, like, the whole thing that I just said about how I think he's always wanted to be a rock star. And I think yeah. he's, like, like, ever, like a lot of his dream. Well, a lot of stuff I read was, like, he was really nervous to do it. And I'm like, well, yeah, anybody would be nervous. But I'm like, but you're obviously not nervous enough that you didn't. Like, he's like, right. I'm rising to the challenge. And I was like, no, like. You still had a career after it, so good for you. I know. <laughs> That's true. It's very true. Because um, this came out right after the fourth Mission Impossible. So okay. it's like, that's when he did, like, the crazy, like. On Which the side of the Rogue building. Nation? No, that was Ghost Protocol. Fourth one is Ghost Protocol. Okay. So that's the one where he's like climbing on the side of the Burj Khalifa. Right. So he's like the craziest stunt he's ever done. And then he goes and does <laughs> this. This is the craziest stunt he's ever done is <laughs> taking on this role. <laughs> I would have to agree with that. You cray. Um, you at least had fun with it. Yes. We sang a lot. We did. There's a lot of good times. For sure. Had by all. Yes. Of us. <laughs> the two of us. All of the two of us. Yeah. All right. Well. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm, I love you. I've been looking forward to it. Have love you? you too. Yeah. Were you upset when you found out you were doing Rock of Ages? A little bit, but you know, <laughs> I'm like, I can do it. Nobody else is going to want to do what it. What Tom Cruise movie did you want to watch? Um. Oh, you you wanted Jerry Maguire. Yeah, and then Cameron had to go and steal it. I know. Whatever. I'm higher ranked. I am the sister. <laughs> I am the sister. The I cousin. should be able to pick. 
Um, just because I had never seen it and I was interested in seeing it. I mean, I like all of the Mission Impossible movies. A Few Good Men is a classic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, you got Rock of Ages. It's okay. It's like Fran got cocktails. She's like, really? <laughs> Come on. Seriously? I know. But I feel like, honestly, like I was sitting here watching this and I'm like, there are not many people in my life that I would sit here and enjoy <laughs> watching this with. And you were one right. of them. It's like, you know, because at least you could just sit there and like make fun of it, you know? Right. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Until next time. Until next time. It's all the same. Only the names will change. Every day. It seems we're wasting away Another place Where the faces are so cold I drive all night Just to get back home oh, I'm a cowboy On a steel